humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 289, and I had a conversation with Turhan Troy Kalak. He's a SAG Award-nominated actor from the HBO hit show Barry. His character is hilarious. He got his training at the Shakespeare Theater in D.C. and at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. He has been on a ton of shows. Euphoria, I mentioned Barry, Dead to Me, Face Swap, Designated Survivor, General Hospital, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Scorpion, American Odyssey. He tells all sorts of wild and fun stories about his life growing up. And we talk about NFTs, which he knows a lot about and I know nothing about. So that was really interesting. He tells a great story about Chris Evans. Yes, that Chris Evans. He talks a million miles an hour and it's it's a blast trying to keep up. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. He and I have since become friends and I just think he's a kick in the pants. No filter, no problem. <laughs> and by the way, if you haven't seen Barry yet on HBO, it's incredibly funny. It's so well done. And Bill Hader is amazing. Uh, in other news, I just finished a book called The Bodies in Person by Nick McDonnell. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. I personally think it's a must read. It's about civilian casualties uh, during Afghanistan and Iraq wars. And wow, it's a powerful read for sure. So Nick McDonnell, M-C-D-O-N-E-L-L. In other other news, social media, Hey Human Podcast is on Instagram and Facebook. Susan Ruthism, if you want to find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you can email me, Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com. And if you go to HeyHumanPodcast.com, you'll find the links page. Every episode gets its own pile of links, and they are all listed there on the links page. So you can do deep dives about any of the guests or subjects that have been on the show thus far in the past five years. Wow, five years. Crazy. And review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It's super helpful, and I really appreciate it. And if you want to check out more about what I do, go to SusanRuth.com. You'll get links to my music and my artwork and any projects I might be working on, as well as people interviewing me. So definitely check that out. You can also sign up on the mailing list there. And I send out mailers every so often, so you will not be inundated, I promise. Okay, I think that's about it. Let's get into this episode. Thank you for listening. Take care of each other. Be well. Be kind. And uh, here we go. What's up? Welcome to Hey Human. All right. Well, thank you. Welcome. I always say I'm like bad at like salutations and greetings and stuff. When somebody says welcome or they're supposed to say welcome and I'm at their house, I always say welcome. I just like I was born in America, but I, I'm for some reason. I think that's polite. And that seems like a nice salutation when it, somebody says welcome and it's it's you, your spirit welcomes their spirit, welcomes your spirit. It's sort of a nice okay. communion. Good. So maybe you're so, just naturally. I'm going to mess up continually with the, the welcomes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I always forget people's, like, to ask them their name. When they go, what's your name? And I go, it's, it doesn't seem like I don't care. I mean, it, it, it seems like I don't care, but I'm just like, I forget to even tell people my name yeah. when they when they tell me their name. Well, and I don't, how often do people mess up your name? Probably a lot. A, a, a lot. Um, Did and I it's, do okay? Yeah, no, you, okay. it's really, it's it's like Americanized. Like, so I was born in, in, uh, in America, and my dad worked for the Turkish um, embassy, and that's why I was born here. And my mom and him are, you know, Turkish, and they met here in D.C. And I didn't know my name was different. It, it doesn't occur to me until the teacher from kindergarten would say, Turhan Kalak here. And I, and I go, oh, I'm, I have a different name. Because back then in the 70s and 80s, there were more Jimmys and Jessicas and Bobs and, and Dans than there were very... In, like, my name is not so interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard Turhan before. Is that common in it's Turkey? Not, it's not common in Turkey. Okay. Um, in fact, my mom thought I was going to be a girl. My <laughs> Dude, check this out. So my brother... 17 months ahead of me, he was, you know, he was born, he was delivered by a Turkish doctor, the same doctor that delivered me, right? So 
my mom is having a baby and it's me and I'm a breech baby. So I'm already like on her shit list. Right. And I have a big head, you know, can, you know, it's, it's the hat. You shouldn't have been wearing a hat. So do, I was, I came out with this hat, you know, I'm wearing a Hawaiian looking hat. So that's what she's talking about. Anyway, whatever. So, so she, I came out and he, the doctor sees my, my private parts uh-huh. and, and, uh, and I'm it a male. Says, my God, it's an elephant. Oh my God, look how big that ding dong is. <laughs> wow, you should name him a porn star name. Like if I had a porn name, it'd be Beef Wellington. So she didn't have a name for me. He goes, well, because my brother's name is Orhan. He goes, and he, and he delivered my brother. Why don't you name him Turhan? And she's like, okay, I'm tired and, pain, <laughs> and in pain from delivering this fucking baby. I'll name him Turhan. So that's your doctor named you. Yeah, doc. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And oh, I was a breech baby, so he had to turn me around. It was crazy. So fantastic. Yeah. So the, you know, growing up, like I had the all American life. You know, mm-hmm. like I played sports. I mean, I I I was I excelled in sports and in taekwondo and kung fu. Everything that me and my brother did, my it was because of my mom. My mom said yes. My dad said no. Or my dad was running all the restaurants that he owned in the tri-state area of Maryland, Virginia, whatever. That's where you grew up? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Maryland, and then I, I, in the middle of the year, my 13, okay, let me back up a little bit. When I was five, and my brother was six, seven, my mom, so my parents were sort of forced to get married, like, Forced or arranged? Like, like arranged in okay. a way, but in America. My mom met my, my dad in D.C. My like parents an, had an arranged marriage, too. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, okay, we'll get to, get that, we'll get to that on no, my no. podcast, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. No. So, <laughs> um, so they met, and my mom never really, like, loved my dad. She only had, she never has been with anybody else. They've been, he's dead now. They, they were divorced for 20 years, but they live in the same house. It was a really oh, wow. normal situation for us. Wait, they we, lived together they while they They lived together divorced. while they were divorced. Exactly. It was just a weird kind of like, um, what is it called? The, uh, the, 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 the Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. She did it for us. You know, even after we're older, I'm like, you could leave. And she did leave. But when we were five, she snatched us, not like criminally, but I guess it could be considered. She took me and my brother to North Carolina where her father in Asheville and her brother and sister lived and they had businesses. I mean, this is the seventies. Like what are Turks doing in Asheville, North Carolina anyway? So we went there and I'm in North Carolinian school. And then all of a sudden I have this faint memory of my dad coming to my grandfather's restaurant with Mickey Mouse watches and wooing my mom back. And Mickey Mouse watches are the only watches I wear. I have like four of them now. And it's, if I wear any watches right now, I'm not wearing one because it doesn't matter. Um, time is whatever you want to make it, I guess. So, so we go back to Maryland, live our lives there. But when we're 13, my mom goes in the middle of my eighth grade year, and this is like 88 and heavy metal is like big time right now. And if you were in the metal, you were very popular, especially where I was going to school. And she says, it's March. It's March of the eighth grade year, more than the half of the year. She goes, we're moving to North Carolina. I said, when in a week? And I was like popular. And I, oh, I, I it's something that, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to lose all my friends and all these girls, whatever. It's eighth grade feelings. Yeah. And I just like the adulation, whatever. Who cares? Big deal. Were you a hot eighth grader? I was cute. I had, a, I had a mohawk. Sweet. I was a skate. Oh, I was a skater. Forget it. I, I had a, a real mohawk. I used to put Elmer's glue in it. Like, oh. and I had this fucking, I had this like, um, jean jacket with the with the with the with the sleeves cut off, oh, yeah. and I bleached it. And when I wore that, I swear to God, it sounds like so dumb. And please forgive me. I, I'm not bragging. It's just a, it's a factual story. Girls in the school, they used to want to wear it after like a state. They would borrow it to wear after certain periods and I'd get it back by the end of the day or I'd have to get it back the next day. I felt like the Fonz, but you know, I'm older now. It doesn't feel (laughs) like that. Believe me. There were these two girls that would like kind of were were vying for my attention and and I, I, I just didn't even know about it. And then this, so I, I became friends with this girl, this other girl that had my jacket. She goes, Hey, and she took a picture of it and sent it to me like eight years ago. And I go, what's, I go, where'd, where'd you get that? She goes, you gave it to Cassie and I live next door to her and she gave it to me and it's hanging on my wall. And I'm like, mind blown. And then she came up to New York where I was living and she brought it and I tried to put it on. And of course I'm bigger now. Yeah. And I said, no, you keep it. It means more to you than it does to me, but that's so fucking cool. You know? So what I was wearing was like jean jacket, long hair, cute, but like, I was like a metalhead. 
I was relegated to hanging out with these people called the Harleys, and they were these greaser types, dirty, always in ISS, which is in-school suspension. And I used to talk a lot, and I was a great student. I had A's and B's, and I went to school every day. I never missed a day, except for chicken pox for five days. I never missed a My mom never had to wake me up, ever, 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 ever. My brother was a different story. Um, so... Um, I've lost my train of thought. So I'm back at the school. Yeah. So I'm back. So I'm, You're so hanging with the ISS. Yeah. Kids. So for two months, I'm like, this is the wrong crowd. I said, I'm an athlete. So I changed my clothes because you know, in eighth grade, you change your clothes to one other genre. You're in that crew, and that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I started playing baseball and football, and then I excelled, and I'm glad I did because if I didn't move to North Carolina, we wouldn't won the state championship when I was a senior. And it, our oh. baseball team is still the only team in the history of like that school for 60 or 70 years that's won a state championship and I still have the dirt in my medal box that I received because I took the medal out and put the dirt from third base inside and I taped it up and it's like I just did it and so and, and so and the other team team members started doing it too and, and whatever it was kind of cool so. are you sentimental I am yeah you sound like it I am sentimental when's, when's your birth month uh April April oh, do, do we talk about this yeah I don't know April second is my birthday. Oh, you're Aries. I'm yeah, April yeah. 23rd. Oh yeah, that's my cousin's birthday. We uh, did, we, we, we we talked we did about, about that. that. Yeah, my I cousin Aisha, that. who lives in North Carolina, she's a great hairdresser for curly headed women. Ooh, tough one. She yeah, she got she found her niche and she's killing it. That's awesome. Um, oh, I would love to have curly hair. I'm yeah, yeah. Down just a hair. Yeah, sure. You have a very uh, booming voice. Booming I know. I'm boy. so sorry. No, please don't be. Yeah, it's your fault. I know. Everything is. That's what I hear. Yeah, you should go back home. Because I'm a woman. You are a womb with a W I'm and a then an man. A-N. You're a woo man. Woo man. The woo man clan. That's like a Portlandia sketch. Oh, yeah? I love Portlandia. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love Sleater Clint- Kinney, too. The oh, uh, yeah. Kerry Brownstein's band. Yeah, I grew up yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah? Which is worse. I, I did a commercial in Oregon back in 2001, four months after September 11th. Mm. And uh, it was the best time I ever had. I mean... Everyone, like, there, there was this famous model dude. His name was Shine or something. He was a good-looking white dude. And I was, like, the star of this, like, Cellular One commercial. And we did one day of shooting. I was there for three days. He goes, let's go out. And he took me to all these strip clubs. And it wasn't uh, dirty. Oregon is different. Yeah, Oregon is different. It, I, I was blown away. And I, I, I was in the bathroom. And I met the lead singer of Alien Ant Farm. And, I? dude, this guy had a beard at the time because he didn't look like the clean-shaven dude that was in the video that made them famous. And I was peeing next to him. And then, you know, an hour passed or whatever. We were leaving. And I saw him outside kissing this girl. And we were all leaving. He goes, he's, I said, take care, man. And he stopped kissing this girl. And then he pulled down his pants. And I've never seen the biggest dong on a white. I mean, it was like 12. I, it was like hanging like a piece of salami at a at a, an Italian. The kind you'd run and hide from. Yeah, okay. definitely. Unless yeah. you like that sort of I, thing. You know, I feel, I watched a documentary once about a guy who had a, I think it was 17 and a half inch penis. And when he was, he couldn't go full erect because he'd probably lose consciousness. And he couldn't really have a, a healthy sex life because women could only, he was heterosexual, but women could only take him in so to far. To a certain, to, so yeah. I can only take you in so far, bro. You'd have to attach, you know, a gourd on there or something. And oh, then, my God. But I'm, I think that that's more of a traumatic situation. When you're standing next to a guy when you're at the urinal, do you... Is it one of those things where you kind of check, or do you just stare straight ahead? Oh, I never I, check their penis, but I always ask. I just say, I say, "How's your penis doing? How's your dick, man? How's your what? Dick? What are you? What are you talking about, dude? I'm, how's but your dick? But is it awkward? Uh, no, because I know women. Like, they'll go and they'll be like, "Oh, look at my boob. Oh, g- doesn't my boob feel weird?" It, if or, it's, you know, it, it's sometimes like if you're at a sports bar or something like that, and it's something like you just take a break because it's halftime. You go in, you, you kind of like go, "Oh man, the Bengals or whoever you're watching is losing," or, or you 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 can you can talk. Talk, but we I, we don't we don't Should ever we don't ever talk about our penises unless it's like a penis <laughs> bathroom where you're going to have sex and it's like meant for that like sure but I didn't I mean? mean it like do you say oh nice penis I meant do you, do you have to stare straight ahead you know yeah I kind of like look straight ahead and I try to relax so it can like funnel out yeah. I mean I don't try to because when 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 there's noise in there and people come in it's like it's sort of like jumping into cold water it's like yeah. shut up please or it please. is odd that they make men go to the bathroom together yeah but some, the, the women they don't do that they, yeah they i don't guess all go to a trough or anything could you imagine yeah i i don't know but you know my friend i, I had a friend who told me that like in in like Lithu, uh, not Lithu, estonia and like places like finland i may be mistaken but estonia definitely every household has a sauna Yes. And the, yeah, Estonia and that, especially. Oh, dude, and they don't think of body parts the way that we do in America. We commercialize it and, and sexualize sure. it. If 
I, I hear that teachers, when they meet their students, they, they will go into a sauna naked and it's nothing sexual, pedophilic or anything like that. If you go to a party, everybody starts in the sauna oh, and true. hang out there and it's yeah. just not even a thing. My friend Kalev, who is Estonian, talks about that culture. Um, and yeah, it's very much rooted around the sauna culture. But so is Turkish. The yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I went to the Turkish bath for with my the males. I think I don't know. Uh, yeah, the um, when you, I went to a Turkish bath with my dad, and we're like, you know, he's naked, and he has a big one, by the way. I, you know, one time me and my brother got in a fight. We got in a serious fight. You know, I was twenty years old, and I and I pushed his head. I mean, he he. My brother came home drunk one time, and he put he put his dick on top of my forehead just like slap just joking around and and i had to wake up early for a big show and i was so mad he went to go shave or something like that and i pushed his head into the mirror for some reason i just like pushed too hard and i didn't mean to do that because i love my brother and then we he's my brother's no pussy though My, my brother will fucking knock you out and you know he's like he, he's just like has some you know whatever so me and him are wrestling my dad's taking a shower in the bathroom that i that i pushed my brother in my dad comes out naked and his like dick is like smacking us in the face and we're like okay okay we're done we're done we're we're you know you know he's not smacking us on purpose it's just yeah. like he didn't have a towel on uh, yeah, because he's trying to save his sons from you know hurting each other himself. and I never would hurt my brother I'd more just like no, hold him tight it. you oh, know my brother and I would get into scrapes yeah. I love him to the moon and back so. yeah yeah see I was gonna I told you beforehand like I might start five subjects and we'll look back no, but I, I forgot I'm glad what... that this is now turned into a penis podcast oh it's, yeah yeah it's my favorite subject it's my one of my <laughs> pen 15 is one of my favorite shows those girls are killing it they, they're killing yeah, it by the way funny. but uh, if nobody just checked it out penis uh, pen, pen 15 is very good on Hulu. But uh Have you been on it? I haven't been on it. Okay. But I was just on Dead to Me and I played uh um I played uh uh Christina Applegate's doctor oh. uh in, in episode one of season three. And I, I got to work with her for two days and Linda Cardellini, and they were awesome. And especially I just can really connected with both of them, but I really super connected with Christina because my predominantly my dialogue was with her. And I hugged her, and she was in this hospital bed in the scene, and and we I had some simpatico, and she's like one of the best actresses I've ever worked with, and I just couldn't believe it was like an icon, but yet she here she is now, and she's being so kind to me and amazing. I wish we, I, I I felt like we were friends forever. Oh, I love that. Oh, dude. Oh, I, I'm I love it. I'm always happy when I hear that uh, celebrity folks are are kind and good. Oh, there's no reason not to be. It's like. I mean, I, I agree pe- with you, but that isn't always it, the it, case. It isn't, and I don't know. It's like the way I look at people when they shit on other people is like if you're a, the prince of some country or the king, or you've been exalted in your mind uh, in some way, is that you know, you, they took a shit that day, and it probably smelled. If I'm going to reduce it to that, yeah. is just take all that other shit the value that we assess or assign to things. It's like, no, no, no. Like some people that wear a, I love David Bowie, right? Or they'll get a David Bowie shirt or they'll get a John Lennon like um, working class hero shirt, which I fucking love John Lennon. I just bought an original print of uh, the Plastic Ono Band the other day and I couldn't believe I got it for the price I got it at. So I'm definitely a fan. I'm not hating on the stars. But when people wear these t-shirts, it's like, especially here in LA, that most people in LA to me, um, although I've met some cool people, I have a lot of good friends and I'm not d- dishing on LA is that they're too busy. People in general are too busy being the t-shirt oh, yeah, and I the cool that. image on the t-shirt rather than David Bowie, who took a shit every day and read books and made a, uh, a banana, you know, a banana and peanut butter sandwich possibly. I don't know if he ate that, but like he, he's just a human being that is playing a character, you know, and I, I just feel like people don't value their own selves as much as the things that they buy into. What keeps you grounded? Because you do a lot of work. I do all kinds of work. What keeps me uh, grounded is like, I don't drink alcohol. I used to. And I, I, um, I, I, I'm a very creative person. Every day I'm, I'm spinning four or five plates. Yeah, you do that in a sentence. I do that in a sentence. (laughs) And I, I have to walk away sometimes and taking a walk with my daughter's dog, who, you know, she lives next door to me or, or just getting in the car and just driving around for like an hour gets you away from that. And that's helpful. Like living life is helpful for your creativity. Right. And you can hear this from anyone, but like, I'm very interested in a lot of things and anything that I'm interested in, I try to not necessarily master it, it's more like generally good at it and excel until it peters out. Mm. Like 
I was always, when I was a kid, I used to always beat on the desk. When I was a young, young kid, because I loved hip-hop, but also rock music, and I used to air guitar a bunch, and I used to drum solo to song, air drum solo, and I said, you know what? I'm tired of air, air drumming. I'm tired of air guitaring. I bought a guitar and drums, and I started applying those same movements, and I'm like, I can already play the drums. I just... I want to accomplish things. When I, my parents, my dad didn't have good English at all, never learned it really well, even though he was here for 50 years. He lived till he was 87, but my mom spoke no English but she was uh, when she moved here, but she was a valedictorian in her school in Turkey, and her mom was a judge in Turkey. A female judge in Turkey back in the 40s, 50s is unheard of, right? So I learned by reading the dictionary every day. If I read something, what is that word? I'd look it up. If it's like a, a song today on, I have my Shazam ready. Like, I love that. I dig into like playlists. I create playlists. I'm always looking back to blow, like looking to blow my wig back and go, uh. You're curious. Perfect. I'm very curious. Yeah. And if it's something interesting, I will go down a rabbit hole to figure it out until I go, okay, this is not for me or I'm spreading myself too thin. Sure. So the things that keep me grounded are like breathing, staying like, you know, sober, especially from like alcohol and stuff like that, which I think sets you back if you're not very good at it. Since I'm sort of an addictive um, personality, it it's like, it's almost not even the drink that's doing it. It's what's behind it that's doing it. You know what I mean? I do. So, mm -hmm. so uh, I feel like, well, I don't want to feel like that. And especially I also developed an allergy to alcohol. If I have two drinks, I get a headache right away. It's not good for me. It's it's, it's your it, body. Yeah. Giving it's you just, that. it's just, I've had enough of it. I've had time with it. I think people, you know, you can drink it, but I think some, so if you think that's alcohol or drugs are not getting in the way of your success, it's, they are, but it's also your own infrastructure. That is your infrastructure is. And, and I'm here to tell you that, that, you can do this. You are getting it. This world isn't about you at all. It, it's about all of us. And you got to know how to dance with the cosmos with that. You got to you got to be like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix when he finally can duck and bend back and watch the bullets. That that's what you got to do. And that that that's the that's the way that I imagine my life. And I don't. I'm not always perfect at it. Sometimes. It's not people that are speaking to you to tell you that you should go this way or that way. It's the universe speaking through them. So if you're getting like, hey, man, you know, like if you're drunk and you're texting and you're in a fight, don't do that. that that's not very good. That's to your own demise. Now you got this fight thread that you got to hold on to until you put water on it and finish it. But if you don't catch it, you're going to do it again. It's like the way you do anything is how you do everything, you know? A lot of people here in LA, fastest one to the red light. Okay, great. I just got there five seconds later. We're hey, how you doing? Like <laughs> yeah, that's I have always been such a mystery to me. The people that yeah. Rush oh, they, 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 <laughs> it's it's a it's a part of like, it's a part of just nobody wants to be here right now. And also, there's no police presence, and they know that. So you got like illegal street racing, which I just totally abhor. But I get it. It looks fun. You know, I've never been in a car like that, but my I've been in a lot of fast cars, but not in a souped up car. Like, I don't want to dish on those people because they're they're living their life and whatever like that. But I think it's super ridiculous, whatever. I think there's a lot of baller aspects of life you can go do and a lot of value and you can make better money. And, and you know, a lot of value of your time can be used to because the idea of money to me is to be able to give back to people. Don't you feel that some of that stuff, I, I was at walking around Echo Park at the lake there and they were, they were doing the milk carton there was a group of people doing the milk carton challenge thing where you have to run up the milk carton and then run back down without it falling over it looks it's very dangerous a lot of people, oh, the, oh the milk yeah yeah a lot of people got hurt and it's an interesting thing because as I was watching the guy that finally did achieve it won a big bag full of money that everybody had put into the kitty um, but it was really fascinating to watch everybody gather around and watch this human interaction became we were all cheering for this guy to make it. Like, yeah. please make it, make it. Yeah. And then there's the guy who's doing it where he knows it's he's at a disadvantage. He knows it's dangerous. In all likelihood, he's going to get hurt. And yet he does it anyway because I think there is a, something innate in us that we constantly want to push the, the boundary of our of our existence, of our humanness, to see what we can what we can 
what we're capable of, what yeah, we can push past. It, it, exactly, exactly. And and I and I, I don't want to diss on, on illegal street racing at all. I think it's like I, I've actually watched them do this the the donuts oh, like I'm on sure on Pico La Cienega like or like I've never seen that. Oh, out in dude, real it's crazy. It's crazy. And so I'm fascinated too. I just personally like I wouldn't go free climb. Like it's Me awesome neither. to watch. Terrifying. So I can't hate on something that I don't fully understand. But I will watch it. I just feel like. It's crazy because there are other people involved, and you're you're gonna hit a car, and they're gonna drag somebody down into a wormhole yeah. uh, of of finances and and not having their car and whatever. So it's all about like, is that good for the collective? You know what I mean? Yeah. So so and I, look, I'm not perfect. Like a lot of people go, I don't know why you're into NFTs or crypto or whatever like that. I'm like, well. If you were to talk to me in, in January, uh, I wouldn't even know what an NFT is. But now, like, I'm such an enthusiast that, like, somebody who's illegal street racing is like, no, nah, dude, I'm making money street racing. Like, that's what they do. Yeah. You can make money selling pickles. In fact, you can make money selling digital pickles, which is a uh, which is a very interesting thing. Yeah, and, the NFT thing is fascinating. That's really taking off. Oh, it's 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 crazy. Um, when I I don't look at money the same way. Is it okay? Wait, yeah, I have ask a me. Yeah, is, yeah. Is NFT I was about to pick up your microphone and drink it because I thought it was my 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 <laughs> water. water yeah, I drink a microphone. Stranger things have happened in this room. Uh, <laughs> so, is NFT akin to Bitcoin? Is it is it valued like that, or do you it's, buy NFT with Bitcoin? You know, you and buy Ethereum. NFT. You buy NFTs with either. Um, you, you can buy it on many different things right now. You can buy it with Ethereum. They're mostly predominantly on the Ethereum blockchain. Okay. Um, and you is can Ethereum a kind. I'm going to ask it, a million questions. Yeah. Is Ethereum a kind of Bitcoin? Or it's not it a Bitcoin. No, okay. it's its own thing. It's a smart contract, and it's uh, in a way, it's better than Bitcoin to an extent. Uh, it's doing something that Bitcoin can't do, but Bitcoin is something that has layer two security. It's beyond. It's another. It's Bitcoin started as an answer back to 2008 derivative subprime loans and and how the government basically fucked everybody. Yeah. And so I think everybody in the world should be able to click a button and to be enthusiastic about clicking a certain button legally and to make money to be able to change their lives because there are shitty people in the world that make money, that do shitty things and continually to do shitty things, but there are very good people that want to provide life and experience in a different way with wealth because some of those people give back they give back and they start things and some people say well nfts there's no value and some people are not working anymore i'm like it's because some people will continue to work their regular jobs and that's fine but these people are trying to dream in a way that they can actually access that dream Previously to NFTs when or, or in crypto when they're working at McDonald's. Nothing against McDonald's, but like, I don't think everybody wants to work at McDonald's that currently works there. Also, you can't really argue that a thing has no value. Everything has a value based on what someone is willing to pay for it. Exactly. That's, so That's how economics works. <laughs> so, so right now, this might be over some people's head, but a lot of people that listen to this will kind of understand it. Ethereum is a blockchain, and a lot of NFTs are built on that blockchain. So when, when a company like wants to sell uh, digital uh, rabbits, like like 10,000 different looking digital rabbits. That, Meaning, it's like artwork. It's, art, it's artwork that's still animated sometimes it's motion graphic and there's usually there's usually one if they're releasing 10,000 there's one through 10,000 and each one of those is rare from each other and so they're listed if you mint it on a site minting means basically the website goes minting is live you have money in your digital wallet you go to the website, you connect your digital wallet, which has this long string of numbers and letter characters that is personal to you and nobody else has that public address. So does it take uh, American you or Chinese dot yen or whatever no. to take money to buy it? No, what it does is you have to take USD, which is, you know, the, the dollar. You buy the US dollar, you buy Ethereum with okay. that, you send Ethereum to your digital wallet. I got it. And then your digital wa wallet now reads that as Ethereum. So when you go mint on the Ethereum blockchain because this rabbit NFT or this frog NFT or this bored ape, which I own, you know, I'm, I'm early in on that, by the way. I got that got in on February. So I'm like a granddaddy in that. And it's like unbelievable. It's like right behind CryptoPunks. It's unbelievable what's going on with Bored Ape Yacht Club. So, 
So back to the rabbits. So when they go, hey, we're minting right now, live, and you've all already followed their Twitter and their Discord channel where they're all communicating and you kind of see the positivity and their growth and what their following is and who's following them, you go, okay, this might be good. And the mint price is like 0.05, which could be, I don't know, what is that, 200 bucks right now? And you go, all right, I want to buy three of them. You're going to pay gas fees because... ETH miners will, are going to charge you. And if you buy it, usually it's congested. So the gas fees go up, but it's like, you could, if you buy it, you could make a lot of money later. And so the gas fees become a thing of the past. You don't even think about it because you're playing a different game now. It's like second life on steroids. Oh dude, it, it is. And so, and so I'm invested into this company called star Atlas. It's an unbelievable space exploration game where you can fight humans, robots, and aliens. And the CG, the, the, the SFX, programming of this game is not just a game to fuck around and get nerded out with it is a game where everything's an nft you can fight you can be in you can fight humans aliens or robots by planets throughout this exploration game and it's got its own two currencies and well, why was i telling you this it's because so everything is in it it's an nft and it's got future utility and so you can every people can go stake their nfts on there make money i can watch you play and not play at all and i can make money by staking my nfts on your fucking planet it's unbelievable i don't even care about it playing sounds bonkers dude it's crazy you told if you'd have told me about what you know back in january with nba top shot like my friend who, who got me into that i'd be like what the fuck are we doing you know Top Shot got a little diluted because they did too many. They they did too many releases I don't and know too, what that is. NBA Top Shot are these digital moments that you can see on YouTube, but people buy them because it's like buying a, a buying like a, a, a like a basketball card, like a physical basketball oh, yeah. card. But you're seeing digital video moments with three different directions, and they have their own you know yeah. th their ranking system. So I got out of that once I got into Board Ape. I was totally into the NFT avatar space, you know. Um, so it's just it's just crazy. So basically, when the drop goes off, go, goes on, your digital wallet is basically fornicating with the mint site. So the artists that created these rabbits are like making ten different body types, ten different hats, twenty different eyes, twenty different mouths, twenty different clothing, whatever. And it in it as your digital wallet is fornicating with this site it's the algorithm is jug juggling them around picking this body type picking this hat and then out comes your rabbit and then so it's randomized it's randomized interesting so when you got your when you got the board ape, the board ape yeah, yeah board ape. what did you pay for that i paid when i got it i paid 0.3 eth for it at the time it was 900 dollars. and now what's it valued at? it's valued at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars now or 160 with, yeah with bitcoin i know that it went up and down in dodge coin or doge coin however you pay yeah it, yeah that that you are also in a bit of a crapshoot right because what happens if it just all gets pulled out from under you. Is that part of the excitement of it? Well, part of the excitement of it is is that you can grow wealth, but also in is the trepidation of like when to get out. And so the, the you you know the the word is for my you know intel because um, you can't do it alone. That's what's great about it. You you don't do it alone, and you keep your own money, right? And it's just unbelievable. It's on. It's I just fucking love it. I'm so glad that the universe, whoever spoke to me, like I'm talking with my best friend from high school every day. He owns about nine or ten Bitcoin. He bought back. You know, he manages like sixteen others. You know, and I'm just in this world. It's my a great. My brother has Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a great community. Everybody's positive because you're like, oh my god, you're up. Oh my god, you're up. All right, okay, life's changing. But you got to know when to go out. You got to know. You got to be able to take profit and feel that because what's the point of investing if you don't feel the profit? So. What happens is at the end of this year, there's going to be a, there's there, there there's going to be a crash, and everything's so you want to beat that crash, pull out, and then you want to buy back in when it go when, yeah, at the it's low. Like the stock market. Yeah, it is. The so stock with market. some things, I'm going to hodl through. I'm going to probably you know I'm probably going to hodl my my uh my board ape. Um, I, I mean I should have bought twenty of them because I had enough money to buy twenty of them. But you don't know what's going to pop. But it it just did. It's what one of those things. What makes this more exciting for you than say putting your money in the stock market and watching that? I happen? actually I'm gonna tell you this right now to anybody who's listening. You can make money in the stock market, right? I pulled everything out of the stock market to get into the th because I got a phone call and for my best friend from high school and he told me to get into Ethereum last March and I said, dude, I just put a bunch of money into into a stock, you know, fiat, fiat, into the fiat market. I was excited about that. I made some returns, good, decent returns. I was like, okay, great. I feel good about it. But right when he told me that, I go, dude, he goes, yeah, Ethereum's 126. So I didn't jump on it. 
So he called me a little bit later and I still didn't jump on it. It was growing to 300 and I said, oh man, he finally called and he goes, I'm slap. I said, dude, you need to slap me through the phone when you really need me to do something. He goes, I'm slapping you. So the next, that night I took everything out. The next day I bought like 30 or 40 Ethereum and some other things. And, and it's been life-changing ever since. You know what I mean? But you have to know when to get out and play that. It's not like, oh, if I can't go anywhere for two months and just not check. Yeah, that would be stupid. I am, my goal is to... You to be really active, unlike the stock market yeah, where you can I mean, chill out for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm an actor and a screenwriter, so I'm like, I'm juggling a film that we're doing in the spring. It's a high school comedy with the producer of American Pie. And uh, so please look out for that. I'm very excited Do about that. Do you have the title yet? Yeah, it's called Rock Yard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's filled with rock music. I wrote a bunch of music um, ah. right when the the COVID happened. We were starting season three of Barry in two thousand twenty of March. Best show. Yeah, best show. We we're we're in the middle of shooting right now. I so love so show. season three finally. So but much. when that stopped, I go, oh my god, what am I gonna do? So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna learn Ableton. So I have this friend. I already had a music program, but I wanted to learn Ableton. So she gave a gave me a tutorial on it for free. So I plugged in. I have a wealth of songs, and I just did ten demos. I've done 30 or 40 now, but I did 10 demos, sent them to my friend in Connecticut who's been in major bands. And he goes, dude, I love this. He goes, I'm going to send it to my, my partner. And he goes, so the, his partner is a big fan of Barry and my character. I play Akmal, by the way. I'm the king of Suckballs Mountain, dude, if anybody gives a shit. It doesn't really matter, but it's, it, it was <laughs> it's very fun. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, slightly improv, right? It, it was very, it was improv, yeah. yeah. And Bill Hader goes on Conan and, and tells yeah. that story, which yeah. I'm like, somebody sent me that video yeah. when I was at a wedding. I go, holy shit, what? Because you have to vet those stories on those shows. And he he always tells me it's the best line of the whole season, you know, the, the you know, Do you the know what cell- I love about yeah. Bill Hader yeah. among, I Oh, he's, he's the best. He's a, a fantastic actor. But oh, yeah. His laugh is the best thing oh, in the dude. whole world. Oh, dude. He loves to laugh. I think it's kind of easy to make him laugh. If it's the right kind of comic thing, it's go- he's going to bust. I and he it. is like, on the set, it's like best joke wins. I mean, he's not taking like, hey, who wants to write a joke if you're on set? It's not like that. If, but sometimes we chirp up and, yeah. and it's like a riff thing. And, yeah. I, and I fucking love it. It's great. great. He's so... he's so very lovely. And oh, dude. To, to, best, to best crew. Allow that to... The interchange. Top best crew I've worked on is that one. I mean, I, I've worked on a lot of top crews, but I always just remember that one because because I've been there for so long for two seasons, and it's like going away for summer school and coming back, and everybody loves you, <laughs> yeah. and it's all good. And we, I got nominated as a, you know by SAG award, yeah. and that was I was like, what? Such a great character. Yeah, that whole that whole group of characters is hilarious. Oh, dude, yeah, it's so uh, it's so well written. Yeah, it's it, it is, and it's great to Henry Winkler's amazing, and yeah. Anthony Kerrigan. Oh, dude, and. Yeah, it's fantastic. There's this new guy that I love. Uh, his his name is JB. Oh, dude, he's great. And my buddy Nick uh, Yandar, who plays my partner uh, on the show. I, I've made some best friends, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Do you find um, that you get cast in roles where you are going to have to have an accent because of your heritage? Or do you think well, that... Do you, I was gonna say, do you think you get typecast more or less? Or um, you know, it's kind of interesting because I, I do, I do to an extent. When I moved here, like I'm proud of my name, Turhan. It's like just, it's like Joe to me. Whatever. It's like the Joe of. You know, it's not that common, but it's like a you know, I'm I'm totally cool with it. I'm like the Turkish guy who has a state cha- uh, state championship. That's what my band Johnny Muhammad's about. Johnny Muhammad is about this American guy. Americanized guy who has a Muslim and Turkish background that l- was born in the seventh state of the Union in Maryland of all places, you know that had a very American life. So Johnny American Muhammad Arabic Turkish whatever, and so rock music is my shit, rock and punk, and that's my whole thing. And it's like it's all it's all metaphors to me. So the Turhan thing is just a name. I'm not really Turhan. I'm just yeah. the person that was named that. You know I what I mean? That. I always no. say my name doesn't feel like me. I, whenever anybody says my name, I'm like, oh, that's not my I name. I like Susan. They should be they name some more babies Susan and bring that shit back because I, I like those. I like that's Janet, right. Susan. I like uh, Carol. I love those fucking names. Um, you know, Karen's getting a bad name too, but if you had a, held a baby right now, a cute little baby, and she and she was passed around the room and said, this is Karen, I'd fucking melt. You know, I wouldn't be <laughs> thinking of the people that are there you know being She's exposed gonna grow up and want to talk to <laughs> yeah. the manager but but back to your question though so when i moved here my managers who i got right away because of my credits from new york because i was there for 20 years you know and incredible shows and and they said hey we're not forcing you but you know because we can't do that but we, and you don't have to but if you had 
an Americanized name in, as your first name, we can get you to get you into rooms for foreign roles and white guy roles or whatever that is. And I was like, sure, let's try it, you know. So Troy's my, you know, nickname, whatever, like that. So I was like, I tried that for a while, and it worked because I play like, you know, a Russian assassin on Agents of Shield, and you know, but I also play. Uh, I played three doctors this year. I was a doctor on Euphoria. I was a doctor t- with with no accent, you know, like with the way I talk. I was a doctor to to Christina on Dead to Me, um, and I was a doctor to Joe Montana in this new Amazon show it, with no no accent, just like regular yeah. dude talking. So it's like it's working for me. I'm I'm a character actor, so it it just became that. But I can see in in New York because. Back in NYU, I went there from 95, 98. I was auditioning while I was in school. So you've always wanted to do acting? Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. I wanted to play football for the Cincinnati Bengals when, ever since I was seven years old. Why Cincinnati? I'm from Maryland. I should have been a Redskins fan, but Cincinnati, I know. A lot of, a lot of people are going to hate on that. I don't care. You love who you love, and that's it. And I hate it too, believe me. If I, I want to own the Bengals one day. I, that's what, how much money I want to make so I can get rid of the Brown organization who runs them because they don't know what they're doing. I'm sorry. You heard it from me first. So, so when I was seven years old, 1981, the Bengals have striped helmets. Yeah. I've never seen this before. Apparently, they changed them that year to striped helmets. They used to be stenciled Bengals on the side of their head. Boring, you know. And they were playing the Redskins. They play Redskins every year for the preseason. Just about every year. And I said, I'm gonna f- I like that team. I'm gonna follow them. That year they went to the Super Bowl, played the 49ers. Because of you. Because of me. I took my head, I buried it in this couch at my house. It was a one-seater, and I said, God, I don't know where I had the the mindset to talk like this and to think like this, but this drive that I have, you know, I just have a tremendous drive, every day inspired. I know it's it's too much for a lot of people to handle, but I don't care. That's who I am, and I and I I want to help anybody who wants to be like that or to exacerbate that. So I stuck my head into this couch so nobody could hear me but God and I said God don't you dare fucking make me taller than six foot four and I, that was the number because I used to collect the cards of all the football players and I used to memorize their stats their weight their height and so I was kind of like where do I want to be and I, I'm only 5'11 I didn't know that I was going to be 5'11 I thought I was going to be super six but when I was in 10th grade I was like oh my god and I could bench in my senior year I could bench like 315 so you could imagine every day, going to school every day, I never wanted to miss school because I had the other wherewithal to go, who's going to raise my hand if I'm not there? Who's going to say present? There's nothing to do at home. You could do shit at home, but I wanted to be where the action was, right? That's why I went every day. Never, never skipped a class, ever. So, so I, I was on a trajectory, star, bas- star baseball player, star football player, always, always, always. Me and my brother took kung fu, kung, k- karate for like taekwondo for like 10 years or so and we were like fighting champions i met my because my brother got me into it we we excelled at the same rate we brandon lee i met brandon lee bruce lee's son at a falls church virginia major tournament i was 11 years old shook brandon lee's hand and he watched me win three first place trophies beating about three thousand kids in every category and then we just we just didn't do it anymore but i wanted to play football and when my senior year was coming i was only getting division three offers it just occurred to me i go oh my god i don't want to be rudy rudiger and play division three i don't want to get banged up like that i'm not getting sought after i go oh my god i didn't apply anywhere where am i going to go to school so i said you know what my dad's a chef he owns a bunch of restaurants uh i'll go to culinary school so i went from north carolina to charleston south carolina to johnson and wales university and the first day i had two 30 year old roommates and my best friend and these two 30-year-old guys were cooking something in the kitchen. And it smelled really bad. And it wasn't food. And I'm like, what is that? And I saw their 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 arms. And they both had tattoos that said tweaking on it. And this is 1992, 19, 1993. Before raves were coming about. Or just about. They just didn't have a name yet. And they go... They begrudgingly, because I was their new roommate, they didn't know if I was cool or not. They go, we're making crank. So I got into slowly but surely this crazy crank mushroom weed acid business. And I didn't know why. It, it was sort of like I was kind of not for, I was like forced by, by association and I could go into it. I already wrote a screenplay about it years ago. 
but I had to get out of there. And when I got out of there, when I got on the plane to get out of there, my parents moved from North Carolina to Maryland. They didn't tell me right away because they had housing and escrow stuff to deal with. And I go, you guys moved to Maryland? <laughs> Thanks for telling me. I said, I'm moving back home. My mom was like, I'm, I'm so glad that you're coming back home because I didn't bust my cherry yet. Leaving home was hard. Plus the, the drugs there and I went to school every day. It was crazy. I don't even want to go into the details. That's for another time. You can have me back if you want. When I got on that plane, I was sitting between these two very heavy, chubby, rotund, corpulent, I could guys and you today I wouldn't want to do that ever I like my space but I was a kid I was like 19 and I was like I couldn't be happier because I'm only flying two hours and just sitting between those pillow humans for that whole ride I was just like my life is going to change and it was Christmas time after Christmas my mom's like we're at the junior college uh, I went to Rockville um, Montgomery College before I transferred to NYU she goes 7.30 in the morning look at the syllabus or like look at the index of classes I go she goes what do you want to take I go I landed on this page theater I said I'm going to take those first five classes and that's how I am I'll get all the way fucking in when I feel something or I'll get all the way fucking out if I don't feel it anymore, if I feel, you know, but the confusion is a good thing because it means you're about to make a move or tectonic plates are moving and shit. So the first day of theater class, it was this old musty theater and I was sitting on top of it and the, 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 about 10 people and I was just looking around and I was like, I'm never turning back. I love the smell. I love what's going on. You can be, you can be black, gay, short, fat, no legs one eye missing trans of course you can be a girl um and, and tall whatever all the things and you can be an actor now what that's great so i fucking got into that i learned how to dance i got into ballet because i was in a professional ballet modern dance company because the 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 taekwondo and kung fu and the suppleness and the, and the stretching abilities and that informed that and then the muscles I had had to just sort of loosen up a little bit so I can move across the stage. You're I very live. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I learned how to tap dance. I had to do a show where I had to tap dance. It was a show called Me and My Girl. I studied opera. I used to do recitals. I could sing Nessun Dorma, El Uchevan Stelle. I mean, all the high, you know, above middle C kind of stuff. Um, even Carmina Burana has a D flat. Mm, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I used to be able to do that. Now I have a rock voice. Like I can go up like fucking Axl Rose. Oh, dude, I'll drop a song to you. The name of my band's Johnny Muhammad. J, you know Johnny, you know, and then Muhammad M O H A M I D. I'm on Spotify. I just dropped a couple of songs. I haven't done any heavy promotion, but the movie's gonna help with that, and 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 I probably will. I'll probably do a video soon. But it's like melodic, heavy rock. Just great catchy tunes, yeah. and uh, and I, I just love that shit. I realized after I had seen it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you were eating it again!" I was about to grab your mic and drink that shit. Should I just pour water on it and I drink mean, it? Maybe uh, it'll be an electrical podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, and before <laughs> we go, I, you were the cab driver. I loved that. I watched that movie. I thought it was great. I love indie films anyway. But um, you you had so much presence in that. It was a smaller scene. Well, which, just, which cab driver? You were the cab driver when uh, Chris Evans' character oh, is yeah. walking. Yeah, and, and before the, we go yeah, with before Chris we, Evans. It's funny because I was like, wait a minute, why do I, why do I know that face? Because our mutual friend Chris told me, yeah. oh, you should interview Toron. He's great. And I was like, okay. So he talks a million miles an hour. I'm like, great, perfect. <laughs> and uh, and then I, after we had talked on the phone, I was like, wait a minute, because it, you were you had such a funny moment. In that movie, it was maybe three minutes, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it really was this great interchange. It was, it was a, gr it was an uncuttable scene, and I knew it when I auditioned for that. I, first of all, I love Chris Evans the way he treated me. Can I tell you a, yeah, a little please. bit about? So when I auditioned for that thing, it was like, it was like New York. How you doing? What's going on, New York guy? How you doing? What's going on? I said, hey, listen. Uh, he wasn't in the room, of course. And the casting person who I knew that I said, hey. Can I just also do a Middle Eastern one? Because you'll have two audiences. Yeah, sure. We weren't thinking of that. You know, sometimes they, they don't want to say that because it, it's like, but I was like, oh, offered it. And they, they went with that. So they, I booked it. Get to set. The set is New York City. The set is Grand Central Station outside in a real cab. hundred people on crew, thousands of people walking, doing their own things. They see this shit all the time, but some people are watching. It's dark. I'm sitting there. Lines are always tight. I, I got my lines. 
I'm sitting in this cab, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm going over my lines. All of a sudden, Chris Evans, fucking handsome devil, he comes over. He comes over, ducks his head into the cab. He goes, okay, we're going to rehearse. And that's all he says to me. Not like a dick, just that's what that's what we're going to do. I said, okay. So he, he pops his head back up. Because he directed know, this. He directed this, and this yeah. is his first directed yeah, movie. Yeah, I think he did a great job. Oh, dude, he was, yeah. A, yeah. It's not like, I mean, it's not, you know, like, it's a, I just was so happy to meet him and be a part of it's it. A it's a sweet fun. film, and I also like movies like that where there's very few characters. Yeah. The interaction happens maybe over the course of a short amount of time, it, and it's very insular. Yeah, it's like a thread that kind of just... Yeah, it's it, like a play. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I, and he was the best. And so he goes, so we rehearse. Two tight rehearsals really quick. That whole thing that you saw with Alice Eve and me and him. He, we stop rehearsal. He ducks his head back down and he goes, and I'm fucking bragging here. I don't give a shit. This is Captain America. So I don't give a fuck. He says to me, he goes, you are excellent. I just have to say, whatever you're doing is excellent. But here's what happened. He, we're about to roll and I go, oh my God, I don't remember the lines. He got in your because, head. Because he got in my head. I don't remember the lines. And all of a sudden, I swear to God, He's talking. Okay, action. He's talking. He's talking. His line, their line, you know, Alice, Alice's line. I go, my shit, my line's coming up. I don't know what it is. I swear, as soon as he stopped talking, the line just sort of came out of my mouth. And every word that I said in that first take was like that. It was like having a baby through my brain. And I didn't like the feeling at all because that had never happened. I didn't know what I could... It was like a glitch in the mental matrix of whatever I am and whoever made me, it made or created. And But after that, I, I felt good and I never flubbed, but I was also kind of scared. And after I was done, that scene took about four hours to shoot because we had to do you know turnarounds and whatever. When I was done, he found me. I was leaving. like a This is Grand Central Station. Outside, inside... Like production was set up inside, but also outside. It was all over. He found me through a maze of people and he grabbed me and he shook my hand and he hugged me. He goes, dude, you were excellent. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And maybe he was just being nice because it was his first directed film and he just putting his best foot forward. But I you know what? Like I, I, I think he is like that too. <laughs> and I want to work with him again and I will connect with him in some, you know, I don't have his number on my thing, but like that, I, but I, I will always keep my mind I've out. I've got it. Him. I'll give it to you. Thank you, dear. You're awesome. <laughs> Um, Sorry, there's a frog in my throat. <clears throat> Whenever I, I lie. Do you ever kiss the frog in your throat just to see if it turns into a prince? Or I mean, it... I've given up that long, long Aww. time. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. Kidding. Well, you, uh, you're you an attractive lady. Oh, I don't know why you. you. But you know, not everybody that's attractive gets good stuff from the world because they, you know they, what? They, they, they are, they're, they're lured in by the attractiveness and not maybe what's coming out of the attractiveness. Well, you know? thank you. I appreciate that compliment. You're welcome. Also, I don't think blush, please. that when... Uh, <laughs> when when you're doing your own thing and stuff, that that becomes the thing you're doing, and so that other stuff is more extraneous and maybe not as important. And then when it does happen, you're like, "Oh, great, it's happening!" But you're not. In like, terms of what? Uh, finding a person. Oh know? yeah, yeah. yeah it's, if you're, I don't think looking for it is the way to. Find, oh yeah, you know? you know, I I don't the whole business of looking and putting yourself on an app. Good for you. Not hating on it, but I will judge I it for. Not good I, 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 I'm, I tried it for three days. I was terrible. I at tried it. it for one day, but I'm like, what? I got to pitch my resume to you. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. I, I already good. do it anyway. I, I don't. My, my whole thing in life is not to find a mate. I think the mate will come. I've learned a lot from if mates. If you're doing it right, she will. No, no, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's fine. I'm, I'm, I don't go out. I'm, I'm too busy trying to grow my bag, and so I can, you know. Like I've had experiences like that. I've I've had, and I none none of those experiences is a waste. You learn from it. If you're not yeah. learning from it, because there's two in a relationship, and and because somebody might be a little crazy in the other, you're in that too. Right. So it, it's not if you don't learn from it, you are just bringing your shit to the next relationship. That is true. You know what I mean? I've managed to stay friends with most of my yeah, and, and and the whole business of it is kind of like I need to get a mate, and I understand if you want to you know you know procreate, and that that's a thing, that's a real thing. But the whole business of trying to do it, and that's what that—that's that, where your value is. It seems very interestingly not okay with me in the way I live. That I need to find value in another woman right. or whomever I love to be able to add that value to my life. I can either do it alone or with friends, and if it comes, it comes. I'm not hating on other people that 
that do it, but I guess I am kind of too. Just I'm just saying be aware of what you're doing and what you're asking for because you're putting it into somebody else who also shits their pants and when they were a kid and ate boogers. Just like, what were they doing? You didn't know them before yeah. this. You're bringing your... Yeah, well, that's anxiety. I think no. people, people bring a lot of their own anxiety and fear Th they to do. the table. And, oh. and we are constantly told from day one why we're not good enough and, and exactly. special enough and all that kind of stuff. So it, it makes sense that... that there is a sense of urgency for some that they think, oh, if I don't jump into this, maybe I'll lose my chance altogether. Yeah. But, but, but let me talk about my mom for a second. My mom did, never had and doesn't care to have a mate after my dad. She's 72. She's still young. She doesn't give a shit about that. But she didn't have what we have today and for many, many years, what most modern people have today. A is, is that. <laughs> she probably does. I don't know. Is I don't think she does. Is options. And the idea of going balancing options, kind of like if you go look for an apartment, you're using five different real estate agents. And real estate agents know there's no fucking loyalty in this business, and that's part of the game. But too many people in big cities have too many options. Oh, uh, you you check off three boxes out of my five must, so you're, you're, this date is over. My mom never did drugs, smoked, drank, and went through all the travails and troubles in fucking life without that shit. We were so convenient with all the shit and abundance that we have, we don't even value it. I'm not perfect at it. We all have to have balance. So if you're an Aries or something like that and you're impatient or not thoughtful sometimes, Taurus, you have to balance that. You have to. You can't be like, I I'm an improvisational guy. It works for acting, writing music, off-the-cuff funny moments if I'm hanging with my friends. But it doesn't It doesn't work if I'm trying to cut somebody off because I don't want to cut somebody off. Mm. It's just your mind. It's your infrastructure. And if you don't watch that, you could be your own enemy. Absolutely. But if you dance with the cosmos and do what Keanu Reeves does, you know, what he aims to do in that movie or finds out that's what he needs yeah. and not what he wants, you're going to be good. Yeah. And so I think that, and I say this a lot on this show especially, is that we spend our lives looking at what the other thing looks like instead of starting with ourselves. If we start with what we feel like in a thing, uh, whether that's a job, a relationship, family, a conversation, you know, all we have is our ourself, really. If we bring your, your best self to the table, and then we can start talking about... Exactly. And, but, I mean, it takes a long time to find what that is. It, it does, and there's some things like uh, like when with uh, Hick says, uh, segment intending... When I drive, when I drove over here, I wanted to get out. I, 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 I told you why I wanted to experience get coming over here and also get out of my house because doing NFTs, it's unplugged to the computer a lot and it's good to detach from that. Right. Sure. So this is really nice to be here, but also it's segment intending what Esther Hicks says. If I'm going to take a drive over here, how do I intend that drive to be? Do I want to be like, it's all about me and I want to cut people off and I want to hey, fuck you and talk to people as I'm driving and play the music loud. What do I want that drive to be like? When I go shopping at whatever shopping store for like groceries, how do I want that to be? You don't have to go, this is how I want it to be. And you can, but you're segment intending. If you go into a party, how do you want it to be? Do you just want to get fucked up and get laid? Yeah, sure. That's probably most people's thing. But, but, but that's so callous. What, what is at the end of getting laid besides just like, oh, cool. It's like a notch for your history books. It's not even that valuable. You know what I mean? Yes, you should experience it because we're sentient and sexual beings. But what are you doing? You are not your name. You are not your fucking t-shirt. You are not what your friends think you are. You, 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 you are, you. You, you are just like this innocent person that has a bunch of sins on them, I'll say. Not sins like against religion, but like we've all lost our way. And if we just take away that fluff, you're just like, man, I'm just this person, this, this, this thing that's emanating through this skin. What is that? It's unbelievable. And that's fucking pure. Now, I'm not always talking through that it, it, because I'm a person. I'm a human like everybody else, you know. Sure. But I'm Were you raised religious? Yeah, I was raised Muslim. In, and, but I went to Catholic school from third, second grade to fourth grade. Explain that on the next podcast. It's that's unbelievable. That's confusing. Yeah, it's very no, confusing. You know what, though? I love that because I think it's important to see how everything is connected. And that's a nice dualism to live within. It certainly is. It certainly is. You know, pe people are in their own way and they, I, like, I don't look at money week to week now. I don't look at it from the ground up like, oh my God, it's over there and I'm trapped under ice. I look at it down 
and the value of it is much bigger mm. in what I could do with it and move it around and help people. If I want to teach somebody about NFTs or screenwriting or acting and, and pitfalls, I'll do it for fucking free. I'll, I don't want to do a TikTok for it because I, I got to do it every day. But if you want to pull me aside and you really like you can't just say I have an idea for a screenplay. No, no disrespect, but everybody has an idea. Are you going to be sitting there and being told no, 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 and do it for 28, almost 30 years like I've been doing it? I don't want to do anything else. I want to learn other things, but until I fulfill what it ever is that I'm trying to fulfill, it's all about helping people. And I wasn't talking about making millions. I just want my life to change. I, I want it to be, you know, different than what it was the last, you know, whatever years I've been alive. Yeah. I, I want it to look, I, I'm owed that, you know, I, I, I'm owed that to myself because I'm thinking about it. I can't, I can't not stop thinking about it in a way, you know, and I'm showing my daughter, like she's 20 years old now. I'm showing her not giving up is like, I'm on so many television shows and on so, and some of them are her, her, her favorite. She's like, I'm showing her what it's like to fucking... You think about something, you go do it, you can go get it. It's maybe not easy, but that that's going to separate us. I mean, you know? much of our the thing that stops us is ourselves, right? We we put our roadblocks up for ourselves way before anyone else is going to. Yeah. It's not always going to work. You have to learn how to dance with it. Where your impatience works for you as an improvisational impulsive, you know, great things like coming up with a great idea in the spur of a moment or not reacting when somebody say pushes you or not reacting, you know, like physically or in a text, take a breath, think, believe me, I've learned, I've learned this and I've learned late in my life. I used to get away with good looks and my charm and funniness and, and, and comedy. But you know, later on in life, I go, Oh my God, I did that. And I was getting in my own way. Yeah. And then you have to wrap up all these threads of fights that you have. It's not no bueno. I have no, I have no fights like that at for, all. You for know, somebody in my life. like you, whose mind is working quite rapidly and yeah. going in a million different directions. How do you stay focused long enough to say, uh, memorize lines and things like that? Do you have a process? Yeah. My, I grab lines really, really fast and I just, I, I turn everything off and I go into a room and I just go over it. Um, and, and then I grab them really fast and I see the lines as pictures on the page. So as my mind is reading on the page, as I'm getting it into my body, I actually see it, but then the page goes away and I actually have it. Mm -hmm. I've always been a good memorizer. I, um, have a very vivid imagination and I have very vivid dreams and, um, I just, my mind has always been like that. Fast, talking, what, this. My brother's like the same way. My brother has a very, you know, he, I think he has even more ADD than I do. Tips on acting, tips on like coaching. You need some coaching, I will help you. If you need some like, I don't know, um, screenwriting, I will help you. Guidance in life, I will help you. I'm not like the per perfect life person, but I got my shit tight. So you were know? you married and that's when- I was never married, no. Okay, all right. Never married. I had a daughter um, in New York. That's why I stayed there for so long. And uh, and and she's just. I've just connected with her. I used to. See, I used to. You know, she's just in my life. She's. I love she, that she lives next door. Oh, dude, she moved here like three or four years ago, and she's like going to be twenty-one next month, and she's she's like a forty-year-old. She's just like, mm -mm. she doesn't drink, she doesn't party. I don't know how I got lucky, but I said, listen, if you ever party, come home. I'll help you come down. That's it. I don't need to punish you. It's already a punishment. I I, I love you. I, it's, you can be firm, but you can't be like, uh, 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 like, no, you can't, no, you can't do that. You can't push a wet spaghetti noodle into a hole. You can fucking try, but I'm going to pull it toward, I'm going to pull, like you're in a, you're in a, a setting and you go, I want to be like that guy over there. I want to be like him. Bring that motherfucker to you. Why are you, he, he already is doing his thing. The paradigm that he has done got him there. What paradigm are you doing that, that is going to propel you to that? You can't say, when I get off work, I'll be okay. Yeah, that's a wild guess. That's probably a good hypothesis. But you could be good now. Either make a decision to get out, get out of your job forever because apparently you have this glitch in your head that thinks you're only good when you're done with work. I know it sounds very easy, but figure it out. And also, it's like... You, when, you, when I have money, I'll be generous. No, the universe doesn't respond to that. Yeah. Do that paradigm now. I agree I'm with telling that. you, your life will fucking change. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you yeah. You're, we're all creators. I mean, the thing, the greatest trick religion ever played on anyone is to tell them they're not God. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I personally think that 
pay attention to that. Faith no, now? Are you just no, I, I just, I prayed, I prayed to God. I say prayers in, in Turkish to, to, to it or whatever it is. When I was a kid, my brother, I asked my brother later on in life, I said, do you have an image of what you think God is that you grew up with? He goes, yeah, George Washington. I always thought God was George Washington, the big image of, and I said, you know what? I, I, that's crazy. I thought I always had a vision since I was a three, four, five, six, seven years old because Star Wars came out in 77 that C-3PO was God, but like a very, very tall, big, I mean, so prodigious, you know, and that's just the way, but now I don't think that way. I just think, hey. I love that you thought a computer was God. It fits into the whole, uh, yeah, this, comp- this is an algorithm that we're all playing out. Oh, know? probably. I just, man, I have so much faith in me. I just, not, you know, the things I can't do, I just don't do. The things I'm not interested in, I just don't do. But the things I'm interested in, I just try to excel in them. And I just see them fully through. I'm a completion artist. I like to complete things. It's just the way that I am. You know, I, I, I try to balance my impatience. And, and, and it's it's worked out. I and love I, it. Yeah. Tell, uh, tell everybody how they can find you. You can find me on, I don't know, on in, on IG at, at, at Troy Kalak. It's T-R-O-Y-C-A-Y-L-A-K. Um, you can find my music, Johnny Muhammad, my band, Johnny Muhammad, at J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-O-H-A-M-I-D. And that's on Spotify and every fucking other platform. And I don't know, Twitter is Troy Kalak as well. And if you're an ape or you're a gutter cat gang or all my gutter, you know, all my, uh, I don't know, God, I own so many NFTs. Just follow me and we'll talk and I'll, and I'll, I'll add you to my, my crypto and NFT groups and we can just grow our bags together. If somebody wants to reach out to you that's listening, that wants to know more about NFT because yeah. it's a mind boggling for, yeah, sure. for most of us laymen. It's, it's, yeah. Can they do that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just hit me up, man. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I got so much to talk about, man. I love people and I want them to feel good about themselves. That's all I want. You know what I mean? It's that, that's the currency people. Don't forget that the, the government is using us as their currency and we can combat that. Okay. It's, it's not an even playing field, but you can do that. All right. So let's get smart. Let's get connected. I love you all. Yay. And that's all I got to say. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. You got it. Bye. Bye. Take care. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.